You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm your business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And this episode has a different feel from my normal episodes. And so, and this is, it's, a, it's an episode that has less editing in it than, than normally, I'd say. And, and I'll explain why, you know. And I'm, I'd liken it to, you know, on, on um, Krista Tippett's podcast on being, one of the things she does is that she publishes um, the unedited version of her episodes and whilst I have edited this I have limited the edits and this is why the woman that I is my guest on this week is a woman called Nikki Bethel from who's the senior vice president of talent management at HBO and our connection was such that it was as if we had been sister friends for a number of years. We were covering the a, a range of the conversation that was broad, that was deep, that was moving, that was vulnerable, that was open in a way that, I, you know, these are rare moments when we experience this. And so there was so much richness in the conversation. The question is, what do you take out? What do you take out? And I wanted to have this episode unfold as, for the most part, as it unfolded with us. So I'm publishing it in a different way. It's not how I normally do it. It's more, less questions, if you like, in these conversation and, you know, us sharing and so, but I think you'll you'll find a lot in it, and I it's rich and beautiful, and so I wanted to put it out there. So that's what it's going to be. Um, and I feel so grateful to Nikki for who she is and how she was in our conversation, and it and it will always stay with me. It will always stay with me, and I hope that you get a lot from it. Let me tell you a little bit more about Nikki. Now, Nikki, it, as I said, is the senior vice president of talent management at HBO. And she that means she oversees talent acquisition, organization effectiveness, um, which encompasses executive leadership and training and coaching, management, and professional development, employee communications, and uh, initiatives for the two and a half thousand employees that work at this multi-billion dollar division of Times Warner. And before that, she worked in finance for Merrill Lynch and for Morgan Stanley. So I am going to hand this over to my new sister friend, Nikki Bethel. We're just going to be in a conversation about okay. success and your okay. success and how you got to okay. hold the position that you've got and what's it like for you as a as a black woman mm -hmm. in this space and mm -hmm. what have you learned and what <laughs> lessons can you share? Oh, and I'm ready to share. Yeah. Now we have got 
on we've got to um i can go a little bit longer if you can, As can I? oh can you okay sure, cool sure. excellent the only other thing i've got on my agenda today is our gathering right so i'm so excited and you look beautiful Thank like you, I, I mean this jewelry the dress the bell sleeves the rings bold that is exactly what this called for and that's statement. Well, yeah, I'm looking at you too. Right? This is what right, this black team. excellence, right? Talk right, about deep right. exactly <laughs> what we are doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, um, we're not into the... Let's, I, we'll sit, I let's, yeah, so let's just keep going. This is how we met. This is how, right. So then the, um, I think there is something that about black women and how they show up and in their beauty and their greatness and their expression around their clothing and stuff like that. It's, don't you think? I completely agree, and I'll do you one better. Part of my discontent with the financial industry early in my career Ugh. was that I felt like I had to be cookie cutter. Right. Maybe blue suit for me was better than the black, but you basic pumps, right? Right. No zhuzh, outside of maybe jewelry and your shoes. Yeah. It was very bland. And then, had I only known that the media and entertainment industry paid as handsomely as the financial, I think I would have just skipped that experience entirely. I needed it. I needed it to learn the politics, which is what I learned to apply better here. Okay. But fashion-wise, I got here and was like, oh, oh I haven't been living. <laughs> the entertainment company, like my colleagues, women of color coming in with blonde hair, coming in with braids down their back, like, Everything goes here right. in a way that in the financial industry here, it just you're doesn't. A more buttoned up and reserved. So to be in this environment meant like, oh, I can bring more of my true self yeah. to this place, and it's okay. Yeah, which is why I've stayed here for sixteen years. Yeah, wow. Well, the thing is, if more people knew that, yeah. that they would, it's about finding your place. Oh as well you know and it isn't that we don't have challenges but i i hear i remember when so many times when it because i've been a facilitator coach mm -hmm. consultant for 20 years mm -hmm. right oh um, 30 years but in my own entity for 20 years right and so like you're not old enough to have done this for 20 <laughs> or 30 years okay <laughs> okay we do say black we do I, clearly black doesn't crack. what um yeah so i'm 51 yeah i'm 51 what yeah so the gray hair isn't just no, kind of stuff. No, you don't understand. Yeah. When we met, that was what, mm, two, two weeks, weeks ago? ago? I thought like you were maybe right out of school. No way! That no you way. had this podcast, yeah. and that like it completely made sense. Your energy, you had the top knot, like how you moved. I, and then, you know, I have to catch myself because at 42, I don't know how I feel when people say to me, you know, you don't look 42. There's nothing about your energy. Right. I'm kind of like, well, what does that mean? So right. I don't mean anything backhanded at all. Right. But like, what? Yeah. Oh, no. Such a, no, where I had you. It's just really And funny. I did my due diligence. Like, <laughs> after we met, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit with this woman. Like, I loved her energy. Let me do a little homework about her. I don't know that I, I looked for... Oh, that's so fascinating. Facts, per se, about you, as much as I wanted to get a sense of your energy. Okay. I wanted to get a sense of your work and what you do and how you connect with people. So the thought about, like, where you are in life. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. And what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. The women so in your the, family must. Yeah. The, my, yes. 
my mum unfortunately passed away last year. Oh. But this is her at oh. 70... Oh. 70... Wow. Hold on, let me just clear that. Your mom and my mom passed away. We're about the same age. She was, so she was... Good. Would have been 74, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad, my look dad's... Was, yeah, wow. so look at that. How recent was that, you said? Last June. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry so, to hear that. You're yeah. part of an exclusive and private club. Yeah. People don't really understand when your mom passes away, regardless as to the relationship. Like right. mine was my best friend. Right. The vehicle by which I got here is no longer. There's yes. A, there's a, yes. There's a, there's a, oh, you're going to make me cry. I'm so, oh, I'm so no, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm still mourning mine. And yeah. even though I was five months pregnant, that was in 2013. Oh. I know it's 2019. I should be. No, there is I should, no I should. I, should. I just, I don't know even what Evolve looks like around mourning for moms, right? And then my dad died two years later. Obviously emotional, but just not, not quite the same as when it's your mom. Right. So I have yet to. Because I was pregnant, I feel like mentally, emotionally, I haven't quite fully mourned. Right. Because I needed to be an experience for Sydney. I needed to be ensure that, like, she was having a good experience. So that was my priority. But when you just said that and you showed me the photo, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, um, so I was listening to another podcast the Mm. other, by um, Adjua, you know, the model. Um girls talk and she had one on grieving mm-hmm. and um, she had a counsellor on that one, in that conversation on grieving there was a number of people one of the things that she described was like, I think it was the counsellor was saying it, grief is like um, like there's a hole that gets created when that person passes mm-hmm. and as you move away from the time when it happens, the hole actually doesn't get smaller mm-hmm. You just start to build your around life around it. the whole. And I thought that was the best description. Agreed. Because when you get present, when you're in the beginning, you're present to the loss all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like all the time. Every all like every, every second, second is yeah. like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there are moments like today, one of the things I brought with me was a dress that I wore to mom's funeral. And mm-hmm. I love my dress. It's a Roxanne, the dress is stunning. So I had it there and I had this dress mm-hmm. hanging in my hotel room and I grabbed the dress and I looked at it and I thought I can't mm-hmm. today. Cause yeah, I just can't wear yeah. this today. Yeah. And so yep. that's the moment where the whole is present. Like the moment the whole's present now right. as we speak. Absolutely. But, and then there's other times where that hole's not present, but yeah. the size of the hole is still, still the same size. Yeah. There's just something about the person who mm-hmm. carried you, knows you. No one, no one. Who holds no, you down it, unconditionally. Right. No matter what you do, no right. matter what you say, has your back. You never have to question their loyalty. You don't have to question that the counsel and advice that they're giving you is somehow... Loaded or... No, no agenda. You it's are just a, their agenda. Right. Just you. For you. Now, you may not agree with everything you, they And say. nine out of... Right, I should <laughs> say nine out of ten times, but there will be moments that you don't. You don't agree. But you'll... But you know it's coming being from... honest and yeah, from a place of love. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, I can find myself on the train having a memory, a flashback, and start crying. And I'm so thankful that I've 
typically had shades on. <laughs> right. So then I can just have that moment and, and no one know. And there is something therapeutic about being on a train with strangers. Yes. Right? You don't right. know me from a can of paint. I don't know you and I'm having a moment. Yeah. And y'all don't care because this is New York. <laughs> right. So I can be having a meltdown right here. Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm and people would sit around and you. And you're around me smiling at me and I'm probably smiling back. That is that's the fun. So I, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, thank you. Like it is a it is a it's an exclusive close call. It's a, it is and I'm and I appreciate when people say things even like, you know, um, I know how you feel. You don't. Because unless your mom has passed, you, you don't. don't. And I appreciate that you want to. And you know what? I also want to admit for myself that I remember there's an in one of the interviews Robin Dunn um, she's the um, she's the one who actually turned hip hop street dance into like on into like mainstream dance. She's one of the key, of like a founding choreographer. She's awesome. She she's at Alvin Ailey. She does a uh, um, work at Alvin Ailey and mm-hmm. does other work. She lost her mum, and so she shares about that. And that was in twenty when she shared about it. It was in twenty seventeen. She was one of my early um, interview. And because I'd lost my dad by that point, I thought I understood what she was talking about. Now, I love dad and I, the loss is, the loss is still there and it's still big, right? But it's different. And I thought I understood. And you know what? (laughs) Last year, I really got what she was talking talking about. about. And I thought I got it. You know, but I really got it last year. I got what she was talking about. And until that moment, I didn't get it. I thought I did. And I think that's probably how most people feel. Right. And now you know. It's so different. even when I meet women whose moms passed away when they're teenagers, my heart breaks for them. Because (sighs) my heart was broken and I was, what, 37? Right. I felt selfish, and sometimes I still feel very selfish. I had her at least till I was 37. I always thought I'd have her well into my 60s, right. and that I would be visiting her in a nursing home. Right. Or that she would be living with me because we would have a daughter-mom home. Like yeah. those attached houses. Exactly like, right. Yeah, the fantasy right. that I had in my head is not quite how it played out. And I've really had a charmed life. Like, God has been very good to me. I've been spiritually based from day one. I'm not religious in the sense of I don't tote the Bible. I'm not going to quote chapter and verse. Right. But I'm very spiritually based, and I was angry with God for a very long time that how could you have allowed me all of these blessings? How selfish is that, even Mm. as I say it out loud? Mm. But the headspace that I was in at the time, I was very upset with him. Like, why would you do that? And I'm five months pregnant. And she's my everything. And I want her to be my daughter's everything. Right. And this is the woman that I mimic. Like, I do everything in spirit of her. How could you take her now? So I was very angry with God for a very long time. Yeah. But I appreciate that that was even in that moment me being selfish. Yeah. Right? Well, that's a... To, even to be able to look at it in that way. No, I'm, I'm it's very, a question. I yeah. think the question about it, I mean, if there's something that has challenged my faith, mm-hmm. it's been through lo- losing my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and both, um, just both through cancer. Mm-hmm. Same here. Both through cancer. My dad was colon cancer. My mum was brain cancer. Mm-hmm. My dad was a year. My mum was six weeks. It's, I, listen, 
Six weeks? Six weeks. For six weeks from the point of, of being told? Of no six weeks from the point of something's up with mum. Four weeks from the point of diagnosis. And it was like fast and furious. Fast and furious. I thought six months. See, this is what I mean by way of you just don't know. Right? Six months for me with my mom, but I would have thought we had long we had we had time. Right. Chemo, right? There are right. things to be done now, right? Like we can fix these things or we can at least prolong. Right. Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for this church and therapy early in the morning. <laughs> Because I think about her every day, as I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good cry is good. It's healthy. Yeah. It's I'm glad I brought my makeup with me in my bag, too. <laughs> I'm glad my I didn't touch put mine up on My touch-up makeup. <laughs> because this isn't what I thought we were talking about. Oh. But I'm feeling... <laughs> Obviously, today was a day Ooh, to talk. Yes, today, Valentine's Day, a day of love. Valent- oh, my God. Right, a day of love. If, if we're going to go with the fantasy version of Valentine's Day and not the the more factual version of right. Valentine's Day. Yeah. <sighs> and the, today, we... The other thing is... Um, do you know what? I'm feeling like I'm just going to... This is one of the... We're just going to... Pub- we're going to roll with this. Um, Absolutely. They're going to publish this this week. Is um. The other thing is today, so we're going to go to the Apollo, we're going to go to Dining with the Divas, and it's such a space of celebration of women yes. and celebration of black women. Yes. And um, I have the chills as you're saying it. You know, it really is. And so it's perfect that we're sharing about our mothers. Because it started there. It, how, huh. how I learned to love, <laughs> how I've learned to be the executive that I am today, where I lead with my head and my heart, and from a place of transparency, even when it hurts me. Right. That's all Phyllis Ann Arrington. Right. That is all Phyllis right. Ann. So, ode to mm. you, mommy. What is your mom's name? Anaclita. Anaclita. Yeah. Yeah. They're in here with us. They're and totally. I believe that when I walk anywhere, especially during challenging times, the blessing in all of this, which is how I learned to forgive God, and then I guess forgive myself for being upset with God. Mm-hmm. She's able to do more. They are able to do right. more for I do, us where funny. they are just so, than, yes. when, than, than them being on the ground. Yeah. And so they guide us in ways that yeah. sometimes we may make decisions we don't understand where or why yeah. or how or when. We just go with the spirit. That's that's the elders in my mind guiding me. And when I'm having moments, whether career-driven, personal, husband, children, ah, I get centered and I call on the ancestors. And then I'm cooler than a cucumber. Yes, um, I I have I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, so the I mean, in the transition around grief. Um, mm-hmm. like after Christmas, a moment where I just thought I just can talk to her. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just let me just talk to her, and mm-hmm. and so now I have conversations with mum. Conversations with conversations mom. with mum, right? <laughs> it's like conversations with God yes. by David. 
Donald Walsh, Neil something, isn't it? Donald Neil Walsh. Oh, I haven't read that book for ages. That's that'd be a good book to read. Um, I haven't read that. Do you remember when everyone was reading conversations? Everybody, Everybody was reading conversations. I if that was on Oprah's like best favorite list it was like there was a time with everybody but that was ages ago i remember i was in miami re- and i was in it found it in a bookshop so that was like 1997 yeah that's that i am that old people i am now so <laughs> i am that old um yeah so conversations with mom that's the, the conversations are in those moments where you know, I have to say, like, it's a moment with my husband or a moment with my children. I come and I go, oh, mum. Now I, I understand. totally get it. Now I what? Understand. Or I say, I'm really sorry yeah. that we yeah. didn't see yeah. that Just. you gave that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Or, like, I've had so many conversations <laughs> like that. Like, <gasps> or where you say, you know what? Sorry. Sorry that I didn't understand and appreciate when you come home from work that you need a minute. Yes. Because I hate <laughs> when they hear the key in the door. They're already on me. And I'm like, I, I just need a minute. Right. And she used to say that. I just want to take my coat off. Before you go into your launch into your day, I just need a minute. Right. Oh, I appreciate that. You're right. You know what else I appreciate? Women who work full-time jobs. And then have families at home. That version of nine to five and then the five to nine. Yeah. Yeah. And being exhausted. And being exhausted. I used to, when I was younger, I used to think, why is my mom want to go to sleep at half past eight? I don't get it. Because I had no idea. I love, if, I love the nights when I go, everyone's in bed by nine. You know why? Because I'm going to bed tonight i can't i just need to sleep and they go what do you mean honor mm-hmm. need to get your homework done mm-hmm. my darling mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we are going to bed that's right i'm going to bed and i need to know that you're asleep before i go to bed for other things we have to plan for that so i love that you're like that's it kitchen closed no more advice being given doctor went home for the night <laughs> right? right like therapist is not here we are all going to bed. We're going to bed. We are going to bed. Because I'm done. Done, done, and done. I can't. There's nothing left. There's absolutely nothing left. There's nothing left. I think the other thing, my mum never really... One thing that I do that... Like, so this trip to New York, this work trip, I'm staying an extra day. And the extra night is so that I'm not running home after working tomorrow and getting back at late and then into the weekend and mm-hmm. with all that that brings I'm just like I just need to wake up mm-hmm. without having to I just need to like rest yeah. and my mom never did that, did that. she didn't carve out time for herself Mm-mm. but that's part of self care right right in order for us to be the super women that we are and to keep that S on our chest, right? with no pressure, other people put, can put it on you. They can project that onto you without us accepting that. I'm talking about what makes us feel like superwoman. It's the massages every other week, right? It's right. the acupuncturist that's in the building here. Yeah. Right? There's the, I like to shop. Clearly, you like jewelry. Yes. Right? You like fashion. Yeah. We like to take care of ourselves. A, 
we have to carve out the time. And I don't think that that's what is always modeled for us with the next, the generation, I should say, ahead of us, that I think we have to be mindful that we're always watching. Someone's always watching us. Exactly. So even on the self-care, what do we do to balance the, the craziness of it all? Yeah, we have to take care of ourselves and figure out our, our quiet space to go in. Yeah. And, and so me, I, teaching I, our children yeah. that is, you're right, it's, it's, it's critical. I need to t- we're just going to keep the tissues nearby. Right. For multiple reasons, we never know where this conversation's gonna go. I'm, you know what? I, I'm loving Nikki. No, well, your energy, I'm loving your energy. Two weeks ago, like I'm an energy person. I, one of my favorite books is the Celestine Prophecy. My oh, mom. Oh, everybody! Do you remember right? when everybody no, was reading was the reading the Celestine Prophecy? Prophecy? If you haven't, this is another thing. These books go in such cycles. They so, do, and I read it. Probably like every other year. Oh, really? To remind myself that I have an energy field. And that right. I want my energy field to truly be reflective of me, which means I need to be self-reflective. So I'm the I'm my biggest critic. But I know, excuse my French, I know what my shit is. <laughs> I'm very aware of my shit. And I work on it. And I think we have to be vulnerable about it. And so even like... Proactively speaking, my husband and I went to Imago Therapy. What's Imago Therapy? So Imago Therapy Mm. is where you sit with a partner, however, work partner, relationship partner. You sit across from your partner Mm -hmm. and you, you you actually set up an appointment to talk to them. You ever hear men have a reaction when we do a version of we need to talk? Right. It's it's translation for like oh oh really? yeah we're about to do that right now right so I had to learn in imago therapy that you have to ask for permission basically to give someone feedback yes and you have to ask for permission because you don't know what headspace they're in and you don't know how they're receiving it because we're not always mindful of the way in which we deliver messages yes imago therapy teaches you to listen actively listen to your partner in quiet and I have a tendency for a variety of reasons there's what I hear mm-hmm. and then there's how it gets translated right and in imago therapy you have to repeat what your partner says to you verbatim back to them to ensure a clarity and b they have to validate for you that you expressed it in the very same way that they meant it Yes. Right? That's yes. intent versus impact. Yeah, exactly. How many of us are mindful of that? Well, you know, it's so... That's the kind of stuff we do in training programs on leadership. We do. Right? Because that's the work we do. Right. But then, you're right, that ability to... And then we do... Listen, my husband's a consultant. We have a great marriage. We we have... Our communication right? is great. <laughs> However, sometimes it's not. That's the truth. And that's, but that's real. Hello, Right? But I'm loving this. That's real. More structured. It's, it has to be structured because I'm an extrovert and my husband's an introvert. He's okay. an Aries and I'm an Aquarius. And I'm all I'm an Aquarius. Oh, my God. When is your birthday? Second of February. <gasps> happy birthday. Thank you. I'm on Sunday. Oh, happy oh, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that is why... You see? Yeah, we're so connected. When I talk we about see. energy, right. Celestine Prophecy, this is the energy. My husband is the yin to my yang, and I realize that we communicate well, too. And I'll tell you, our style of communication, maybe for someone else, no, we go at it. We, It's a healthy, we don't pull any punches. 
we're allowed to deliver the message in the moment and forgive in the moment because mm -hmm. it's just how it needed to be said. Right. And sometimes we have to forgive how we hear things. I have to know at, at oh, the core. Oh, say that again. <sighs> that is gold. Sometimes we have to forgive how we hear things. We have to assume good faith. We have to assume grace. And when you're angry, that's not, sorry, but that's not the default. You don't default to give grace. You, you don't default to, I am hearing you differently. Right. There's what you're saying. And there's how I'm, I'm receiving it. Exactly. It's how I'm filtering it. In Imago Therapy, you're not allowed to do that because you, you filter. And we have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's all we're we're the sum total of our experiences. Right. It's all the things that made us who we are is what we're filtering through when people say things to us. So when exactly. we say you hurt my feelings, I had to learn. Richard didn't mean to hurt my feelings. Right. He was just being honest. And if I can get past while we're working on it, if I can get past his delivery of said message and just hear the message. Right. I can do that now. Right. Early on, we were like two bulls. He's assertive and aggressive, but introverted. I'm assertive and aggressive and I lean in and I'm an extrovert and I have high energy. So my shit looks like Rawr! Right. But he has a roar too. It just shows up differently. You don't know you've been cut until you walk away. With me, you see the knife cut. Right. In therapy, we learned how to use, don't change. Cause that's what ultimately the rawness about you is what I love. Mm -hmm. So if you change that, thinking that you're accommodating me. Now you're no longer the person that I actually love and right. like because you're turning into someone you think I want. No, I want you to be you. I just want you to flex for me. Right. And not always, because that's not real. But if we're mindful of it, which is what Imago Therapy does. So I bring that to work. And I, I practice the things that my husband tells me because I know the further up the food chain you go, people don't give you feedback. I know, and I ask for it, doesn't matter. It's a power dynamic. You hope they your don't. peers will tell you, they don't. They deliver it in fear. other ways. Ah. By ah. the time they're delivering it. It's too late. And, and at times, depending on how it lands on you, if you don't have trust, if I'm not clear around your intent, I don't know that I'm listening. Mm. So then either way, I'm losing out. Whereas I know at home, much like we talked about with our moms, my husband gives it to me straight, no chaser. And there are moments where I have to heal and go in the corner and lick my wounds. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I needed to hear it. And who else is going to tell me my mom is not here? My right. dad is not here. Right. My husband will tell me. For better or worse, he will tell me. And then I come to work and I kind of test it out. So sometimes to get the feedback, you have to actually tell people the things that you know you need to work on and then see their reaction to that. Yes. And that's <laughs> yeah. where you'll know in the reaction like, oh, okay, I do need to work on that's that. That's right. <laughs> so I've just learned over the years to yeah, be like, vulnerable. It's funny you should say that. Right? Like, yeah. Mm, I've heard that before. Yeah, I was wondering right? when you'd get that. Yeah. But I also try to surround myself both at work. I've got great girlfriends at work. I've got great colleagues at work. I try to surround myself with people who are going to be honest with me because of the work that I do. Yeah. Right? Like, we do development. Yeah. We both do. Yeah. If I don't have my finger on the pulse of what's happening here in a real way, 
then how am I really developing people? And if I can't be vulnerable and I'm overseeing the space that I'm asking other leaders to be vulnerable around, like it's one thing to say it. I prefer to model it. Exactly. But to be fair, I've also had mm, very strong <laughs> leaders who've modeled for me that it's okay to be vocal. It's okay to take risks calculated risk but risk nonetheless mm -hmm. it's okay but if someone's not modeling that for you where do you learn that exactly sounds like we had good role models both at home and at work and at work yeah and that's why i tell you that i feel like i've really had a charmed life right i've had great experiences even the ones that i would consider i i, I would prefer not to have that experience again. <laughs> i needed it because it helped me become the me that i am right now why I enjoyed your energy when we first met, you just seemed very, what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. But there, but the warmth, and you walked in with warmth. And what I've learned in my 42 years with women, in particular black women, so I'm about to say something that can be a little controversial, but I learned this from my mother. Being fair, the color complex in the black community, the way we hurt each other, mm -hmm. It, it tears us up inside. Right. And then how we show it with each other, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. There's been so much, um, there's been so much that we've experienced as people of color that I think there's an assumption to some degree that we are all having the same experience. Right. And I often struggle with here at work in a corporate setting where do I begin and end relative to my community here? Mm. And I want to be honest, I have multiple communities here. And sometimes I think there's an assumption that I'm supposed to continually just pour into one community per se. Yeah. Where I feel like how I get my energy and my drive is by pouring into multiple communities. And I try to get people to get beyond black and white it's so much more textured than that, <laughs> yes. right? But there's something about the world we're living in today in the Trumpian world, what you see outside, what you manage inside. When we tell people, leave your baggage at the door, is that even possible? Yeah. So in the development space we're in, if I can't be self-reflective, if I can't know what's going on on the outside and figure out a way to bring it on the inside, mm -hmm. what are we doing? So then I'm, I feel like I'm like Sybil sometimes. <laughs> a little schizo. Yeah. Because I believe in, we have different audiences here. In order for me to connect with people, I have to figure out where they are and meet them where they are. Yeah. Especially if I want to take them on a journey. Then I got to go wherever, wherever that is. I've got to go there. And then build trust. But that started for me at home. The negotiating, how to negotiate, how to use affection. In an appropriate way. Well, yeah, of course. Back to vulnerabilities yeah. in the workplace. These days it's harder because of what's going on outside. How do you bring that inside? How do you ask leaders to be vulnerable about things that, shit, I'll use myself. There are subjects we're talking about at work now in the spirit of being vulnerable mm. that my grandmother, I am positive she's rolling around in her <laughs> ashes. You don't talk about race. You don't talk about religion. Right. You don't talk about politics. That's not for work. But it's 2019. Yeah. How do you not? How can we not talk about it?
And if we're broken on the outside, what makes us think that we don't bring that in into work, our communities? Yeah, in work and in the spaces that anywhere that we anywhere anywhere that we anywhere are anywhere we enter. Right. Right. So I so hmm, back to Celestine prophecy. You and I meeting wasn't. It was not an accident. No. I would say it was serendipitous. It wasn't even that. Our steps were already ordered. This was destined for you to be here two weeks later for our diva luncheon, right? <laughs> the timing of that, my joining the board, my mentor, Lisa Kiros, who was our chief diversity officer for Time Warner for years. This was her board seat with the Apollo. Mm. Back to mentorship, right? Back yeah. to things just don't happen by chance. It's This was meant to be. So I don't take any of my experiences for granted. I wake up every day and I'm like, all right, God, what you got good for me? <laughs> because I, I believe there's all, he's always talking to us. Yeah, I, yeah yes. we. It's like, um, oh God, this is so much. I'm loving it. I feel like we should be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is so wonderful. You know, in terms, my faith is that God presents us with opportunities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's our ability to see That's right. the opportunities and do something and do something with, with it. it. And, and there are times when an opportunity, many opportunities presented itself to us that I didn't see, you know? And, um, and so, and to know that, and, and, and if, if we stand in that place, then it means that once I'm able to see the, the next opportunity, you'll just see the next opportunity. It's always coming. It's always coming. It's always coming. It's just that you can't, see it yet and so when like when I work with my clients you know okay, I have one client he keeps going it's all you Shelley says no it's not all me it's all you, it's you. my work with you is so you can see you mm. but it's you I'm not doing anything to you mm -hmm. there's not I'm not like mm -hmm. I mean no. really I mean no, my, yeah. my box of tools are even in, you can't see my toolkit you know what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. And so... Ooh, that's such a good... You get to see... It's about giving yourself access to seeing who you are so that you can see the opportunities that are always there in front of you. And um, so, yeah. What that reminds me of is how do we get out of our own way? Yes. And how do we stop blocking our blessings? Yeah. Because right? I know... We do it all the time because we're not able to sit still all day. So things are happening around us that we don't even realize. Right. If we could elevate and look down and go, oh. But that's part of that's part of the journey. Yeah. Well, that's even one of the skills that we 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 would teach people is, you know, when we're talking about self-awareness, if people want to know how do I get access to seeing more of how I'm being in life, is you learn the skill to like, to be like your third, the third eye. That's You're right. literally slowing it down to observe yourself in life. That's, right. That's one of my first like mm -hmm. assignments for mm -hmm. my clients. So your assignment is mm -hmm. to, to see yourself this mm -hmm. week. Mm 
and observe yourself in life being you and seeing how you show up in the different spaces. And it's as if you're a fly on the wall. And so if you can have moments of pausing as if you're flying the wall, looking at what, looking at at where you are, you yeah. and the other person. So as if we can stop and look at ourselves, what would we see about ourselves? And that is, I mean, that's the first that's assignment. So and then people come back and go, ah, you know, I, can't I was with that person, yes. I was with that person. And you can sense yes. the different you that shows up when, yes. so there's us. Yes. And then before I'm talking to Angela and there was whatever dyad, came between myself and yes. Angela but it wasn't you and me no. No. and then you might say well look Shirley look I'm just going to take you up to and you throw me in a room mm -hmm. full of people that I don't know mm -hmm. I've never met mm -hmm. and they may be scary to me mm -hmm. and then I, to I turn into something else something and then I walk away going who was that where did Shirley go you know so you can observe yourself Ooh. and then you can start to understand more of who you are and uncover your triggers along the way right Right? right? What were those moments where I was uncomfortable? What were right. those moments where I felt, whether I had done it to myself or something that someone had done to me, where are the moments where I feel lesser than? Right. right. What's that about? What's that? Who And, and who's did, in the room at the time? The, yes. And what happened? What was said? What body language gave me some indication that I should start thinking insecurely right. about myself? Right. Yeah. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. So that was part one of the time, my time with Nikki. And then next week will be part two. And um, you can see we covered so much. And I'd be curious to hear what you got from, you know, I always want to hear from you. But I, you know, I want to get a sense of what are you taking away from this episode, which you know it's kind of like you observing the conversations with two sister friends really it feels like to me that's kind of what i was left with so you know get in contact with me contact me on my instagram account the shirley mccalpine or you can go to the facebook page you can contact me there send messages there um you know you could always email me on my on my website shirleymccalpine.com forward slash contact me and um, and I'll love, love, love to hear from you. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome all-female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs>